Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, bite-sized where you receive news, updates, discussion and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. It's our first bite-sized podcast in six weeks, in that we've had guests in the previous two episodes, with Eugenia Senna and Alex Daly, both of which provided incredible insights to the podcast with knowledge, experience and wisdom of their own, which I'll summarise, and then shed light on the recent activities with the Ghana NFA, both episodes of which you should check out. Eugenia Senna, who's coached at academy level in the UK, Italy and managing several other countries across Europe, is a lot of football and culture experience. We spoke about clubs like Kiev and Atalanta, Kiev where he worked and coached, who pride themselves in developing technical talent to put in the first team or sell, because they don't have the large budgets of the likes of Juventus, who have a different approach, which is based on the psychological aspect. Juventus are likely to capture some of the best young talents in Italy and in Europe, so their emphasis was always driven on the mental side of the game and preparing them for first team football. But as an Italian FA, they give out guidelines, but clubs don't follow them as much, or in comparison to here in the UK. And Alex Daly, I'd recommend listening to the podcast in full, but to give brief context to an incredible story, Alex Daly left Montserrat age 10, but with regular visits back to Montserrat, despite playing Sunday League football in the UK, Alex Daly up until the age of 21 was a full international and played a World Cup qualifier. In the Federation needing support, with a lack of resources but a heart full of pride, he later worked with the Federation administratively. Montserrat is a country or island which has 5,000 inhabitants, with there being more Montserratians outside of Montserrat, with most of the internationals being part of the diaspora. I drew parallels with Ghana with both episodes, but more so with Alex Daly's, and prior to our conversation with him, I saw an interview which tweaked my ears. I was browsing on YouTube when I came across an Oscar De La Hoya interview via Fight Hub. He was discussing some of his greatest opponents. In the beginning of the interview, he immediately states E.K. Kwate was the toughest opponent he had ever faced. He said it was like he had bricks in his hand. His jab was strong and good enough to knock you down. Kwate lost the bat in what he thought was very controversial. After the fight, Kwate took a break from boxing for 14 months and later five years due to personal, business and health issues. In reading and recounting his story, he was a highly rated fighter by his peers and the boxing fraternity. But due to issues beyond his control, he was unable to turn out consistently and perform at the highest level for several years. I drew immediate comparison with football in having a wide range of talent and sometimes these players have been unable to perform consistently at the highest level due to issues beyond their control, structural issues. The Kurt Okraku tenure has started well despite COVID-19, working towards creating a foundation for the future. In recent weeks a number of initiatives have been put together as to the development of football across the board. In previous conversations I had with people experiencing the football, they've generally stated when you're given a position such as being a president, you work towards creating an instant impact which doesn't involve working towards or with a view of the future as you'll be judging results which developing new systems and structures for women's football may not yield in vast amounts in your time in office. So with or without the effect of COVID-19, I would like to congratulate Koto Kraku on where he and his team have concentrated their efforts and their objectives. Bring back the love. With things such as restructuring women's football and youth football, resources for youth football, game centres for youth football, inter-house under-17 competitions, youth games potentially being the cursing razor for league games, which I've seen in Argentina before, and also Ghana being selected for the CAF and UEFA Assisted League Development Pilot Programme, which I think is a step in the right direction. The latest news. In recent weeks, with the end of the extended season, we are on the eve of the 2020-2021 season. It's an international week. Ghana to play later in the year with a number of the diaspora turning out for their nations. A highlight of some of the news coming in is Jeremy Docker receiving his first call-up to the Belgium national team and Eddie Nketiah captaining and scoring a hat-trick for the England under-21s. And with the moves and transfers, or just a few of them, Benicio Baker make the move from West Ham to FC Porto, Samuel Tete moved to New York Red Bulls, Kingsley Phobe moved to Granada, 
Bernard Mensah moved to Besiktas. And the Thomas Party to Arsenal move is gathering a bit of pace and seems more likely. And in recent days, Memphis Depay to Barcelona has been muted. And also Malachi Boateng made his debut for Palace. Congratulations to him. And Asante Kotoko celebrated their 85th birthday. A foundation of Ghanaian football. A legacy that continues to grow. That's it for this week's episode. Check out our recent article, We Need to Do What Dons Do, via our website, www.teamghana.eu. We'll be posting as usual via social media to keep up with the stories as they continue to unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamghanaeu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamghanaeu on IG or Twitter. Thank you, take care, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. (music) 